Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Can we all stand together this morning? We welcome those of you that are worshiping with us online today. God is worthy of praise and he has done great things in our lives. Amen. Thank you. 
worship you today. Come on and give him praise. Lord, we praise you today. We praise you today, God, for all the great things that you have done in our lives. We're approaching the season of Thanksgiving, an opportunity for us to be grateful for all the things that God does in our lives, for all the blessings that he's given us and all the things that he is to us. And to recognize the great things that he has done in our lives in spite of the bad times in our lives, that's a healthy thing for us to do. Amen? I want to read to you a passage of Scripture. It comes from the Psalms, Psalm 81. Psalm, the Psalms are a great place to go to, to see uh, opportunities for prayer and for worship. This was, this was in the Old Testament times, in the, in, in the times when uh, Israel was first worshiping in the temple. This was their book of worship. So Psalm 81 is one of those typical uh, where God is saying, If you will, then I will. If you will listen to my words and obey me, then I will go with you. If you will do this, then I will do that. God's promises are throughout the Psalms. And Psalm 81 is typical of that. And it's talking about protection from the enemies. We all need protection from the enemy, right? So it comes down to verse 13 through 16 in Psalm 81. Verse 13 begins, If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him, and their punishment would last forever. And here's the really fun, good part. But you will be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. Amen. We want you to learn a brand new song with us this morning. Honey in the rock, water in the stone, men on the ground, no matter where I go, I don't need to worry now that I know, everything I need you got, honey in the rock. You keep 
in the knowledge that when we listen to your words and when we walk with you and when we obey your commandments when we love people the way that you've taught us how to love people we follow after you the psalmist said in 23 goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever now It also occurs to me that when we talk about this idea of being fed with the finest wheat and being fed with honey from the rock, it occurs to me that whether you're in this room this morning or worshiping online with us, you might be in a situation where you think, that's not me because I'm not good and I don't deserve it. I was here for a short time yesterday morning for the men's breakfast and I was in here. Men, guys, if you have not... uh, check that out yet. It's, it's, it's a really encouraging study that, uh, that we're working through right now. It's called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table by Louis Giglio. And it's this idea that the creator of the universe has... Uh, we're watching this video and, and, and there's a table, uh, this huge table that's set with two place settings. And I mean the, the biggest spread that I've seen since Thanksgiving at my grandmother's house. And it's not... Here's what sometimes we think it is. It's like, oh, we, we're going to look on open table. Oh, there's a reservation open at 745. You want to you do that? Yeah, sure. We'll meet you there. Okay. This is the creator of the universe has set this table for you. And there's only two seats there, one for you and one for him. But we get this idea. We come to the house of God or we open the word of God and we, we say to ourselves, I am not worthy but we are because he has made us worthy he has invited us to come and to sit with him and to be fed with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock and God we just want to rejoice in you today and who you are to us that yes you are the creator of the universe but when it comes down to it you want to sit across a table from us And have relationship with us. Lord, today, even to the point where 
I just get a sense that, again, whether you're in here or worshiping online, that somebody might be praying for something, asking God for something, but your attitude in your heart is, I don't deserve it. Today, I want to encourage you that you can believe for the things that you are asking God for because He has made us enough. So today, let's just worship together and believe that God is who He says He is and that He can do what He says He will do.
Lord, we believe your word today. We believe you. We don't believe the evening news. We don't believe the newspaper. We don't believe what the circumstances look like. We trust in you and you alone. That's right. Go ahead. Give him praise. We trust in you and you alone. God, we just want to make that declaration today that we believe. We believe for whatever it is that we're asking. If it's a physical healing, if it's an infilling of the Holy Spirit, if it's a relationship restored, if it's a job situation, if it's a family situation, we believe today, God, because you have spread a table for us and you've invited us. God, today we don't want to give the enemy a seat at our table. We don't want to get up and let him sit there. I have this picture in my mind of this whole scenario of not giving the enemy a seat at our table, that we get up and we let him sit there with Jesus. And Jesus is trying to tell us something. And Just like in the Garden of Eden, when the serpent asked Eve, did God say you would surely die? And so Jesus is trying to tell us things. And Satan interrupts that and he turns to us and says, you know, God said that you're not good enough to sit here. You know, God said that you don't deserve to eat any of this. You know, God said you don't deserve to be in fellowship. And that's what he'll tell you. That's what he will tell you. He'll tell you that you don't deserve to have your prayer answered because you're not smart enough. You don't dress like you're supposed to. He will tell you all of those things. And I just picture today, just get up and go tap the enemy on, not that my wife is my enemy. Wow, I just realized I had a terrible object lesson here. Just tap the enemy on on the shoulder and say, uh, you're in my seat. Yeah, right. You're in my seat. We sing a song from time to time called Champion, where it talks about being seated in heavenly places with him who has never lost. So today, that's where we want to put ourselves. That's where we want to be, right? I'm going to invite April to come. Come on, let's just give the Lord praise this morning. Hang on just a second. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like I I I need to to say this this morning. Um, I grew up believing that God was a dictator that told me what to do, and I obeyed and said, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, whatever. I'm sorry. I believed. I believed it wholeheartedly. Somebody else in here has that thought that God is sitting up there saying, do this. And we're supposed to, okay. But when Bill was talking about sitting at the table with God, it made me think of the moment when I realized how wrong my thinking was. Because I can now look at that thought and say, oh, because God wanted to sit there and talk to me. He wants to sit there and have relationship with me. I went to a Bible study, and we were talking about the beginning of time. And and one of the girls said, well, what do you think that God said to Adam when Adam was supposed to name the animals? And I said, well, he said, Adam, name the animals. Adam said, yes, sir, and he named the animals. 
And one of the other girls said, no, 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 that's not how it goes. She said, God said, come on, what do you think that animal is? It's the craziest looking, let's name it an elephant, you know. And my whole world changed because in that moment I realized that the God of the universe doesn't want to dictate to me what he thinks I need. He knows what I need. But the God of the universe wants to be with me. He wants to relate with me. He wants to understand me and wants me to understand him. And it took years for me to get to the point where that aha moment happened. And I was like, wow, somebody else in here needs to understand. And maybe online, somebody thinks that same way. And I'm not going to change your thought process, but God will. And it'll be in a moment when, you're, when you realize, wait, he wants to sup with me? He wants to sit with me and, and ask me about my day and, and talk about the crazy thing I did an hour ago? You know, these, this, this is the relationship I now have with God because of that moment. And I just encourage you to get to a place where you can see that God wants a relationship with you. He wants to sit at that table with you, not because he wants to sit on the other end and point out all the things that he sees you're doing wrong, but because he wants to say, hey, Debbie, you know, I know you went and saw your grandkids last week, and, you know, they're kind of crazy, but aren't they a lot of fun? You know, I mean, this is what God is. This is who he is. He wants that relationship. So I just wanted to encourage you this morning that that's something that I felt like God was just telling me I needed to share. Thank you, Lord. We've kind of we've kind of explained this before, but there are certain times when the Holy Spirit prompts us to to speak and to encourage you and to uh, give you a word of encouragement. And then these things are not planned. And we didn't rehearse this, uh, but in the Book of Corinthians, in chapters uh, twelve and fourteen. Second Corinthians, I believe it is. Uh, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and if you want to go and, and read those chapters, uh, this is one. This is one part of that moving of the Holy Spirit that, that we talk, we pray for, we we ask the Lord, we sing about it. We need your fresh wind to move in our in our midst, and, and this is part of it. So, um, we, again, we just want to encourage you with that. And God, we just pray that you would change our thinking today. Change our thinking, Lord, if we think we're not worthy or if we think that you just want to dictate to us what, what to do and not have any relationship because you do. So change our hearts and change our thinking. Pray for April today and her team as they minister to our children. And uh, God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would move uh, among them and that you would uh, help them to learn of you. And Father, we just honor you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And if you have children that are going to kids' church, uh, you can go with Miss April now. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see all of you today, whether you're in person or whether you're online. Again, welcome. If you are new here today, again, welcome to our church. Um, so, oh, wait. 
Wow, I have a tire week, so I think I almost forgot my script. I feel like everyone else probably knows it better than me. If you're new here, again, welcome. Before you leave, um, make sure you go to the Welcome Center, but actually the Welcome Center is now called Connect Central, as I have my notes in front of me. So again, Welcome Center used to be called Connect Central, but now it's renamed so Again, it's an opportunity so we can connect with you and also so you can see what is going on in the church. So, again, make sure if you're new here, make sure you stop by to Connect Central. And if you are online, again, welcome. You can't really visit the Connect Central, but again, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble or the New Here thing. Wow. I'm so sorry. This is embarrassing because my mom's probably watching. She's probably like, what's wrong with her today? (laughs) Again, if you're new here, you can click the new here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And now for connect cards. So connect cards look something like this, but this is just the message notes. If you're in person, it's either at your seat or at your table, and we would love for you to fill that out today. And also you can write down prayer requests because we're always praying for you here. And again, same goes for all of you online. You can either click the connect card button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. So now let's take a couple minutes to check out the announcements for this week. Hey everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. Blessing families in need during the holidays is something we count as a privilege as a church body. Our Thanksgiving Turkey Basket Outreach is one way we do that. We need your help with donating and or delivering a basket. You can put together a basket on your own or build one with friends or with your small group. Basket collection will be on Sunday, November 20th at the Bear Campus, and they will be delivered the same day. Our Ellesmere Campus is also working to bless families in their area. To find out more or to sign up, visit our website or send an email to lpoindexter at ctcde.church. This weekend in the mall at the Bear Campus, our angel tree is set up just outside of Connect Central. Stop by the table and sign up to bless a child whose parent is incarcerated. When you pick up your angel, it will include the gifts that the child is asking for, as well as when to return your gifts. For our Ellesmere campus, we will be giving you more information in the days to come about how you can be involved in this ministry. We are so blessed by those of you who make donations to our food bank. It is an important part of the ministry of CTC. We are asking again for your help with this outreach. We are looking for non-perishable food items. Wait, you mean like this? Yes, this is a non-perishable food item. However, it has an expiration date. You can no longer eat this. Wait, I don't understand. If it's non-perishable, how does it expire? Yes, you're correct. It is non-perishable. However, all foods have an expiration date. You cannot eat this. After the expiration date, you cannot get this out after the expiration date. I don't understand. Would you eat this? No, I wouldn't eat it. It's past its expiration date. 
We are happy to receive your donations of non-perishable food items that are not beyond their expiration date at either campus during office hours or service times. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. freedom you fought for, and the flag you stood for, for the country we cherish, and the people we love, for the bravery you showed, and the fortitude you held, for the days of dedication, and the nights of devotion, for the miles you walked, and the skills you learned, for the months of training, and the years of service, for the memories you carry of the battles you saw, for the legacy of your courage and the honor you deserve. When our nation needed you most, you answered the call. A deep and unshakable sense of allegiance and responsibility. You were bold, you did not hesitate, and you did not walk away. You were gone for holidays and anniversaries and birthdays, because while we were living in peace and freedom, you were fighting for it. Thank you is not enough. We can't repay you, but we will promise to remember. You are the reason we can sing the land of the free and the home of the brave. You are the heroes among us. You are not forgotten. You are the veterans. We remember your courage, we honor your sacrifice, and we thank you today. I want to invite, if, you're, if you are a veteran, would you please stand up so that we could honor you with, with our gratitude, with our applause. And if you're online... Go ahead and post your name or something online so that we can thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your service that you give today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I got some things I want to show uh, you this morning uh, as we think about stewardship in our church. 
This is a moment when we talk about the ways that we love, serve, and engage the world. And uh, just quickly, this, you see that we're collecting the uh, Samaritans for shoeboxes. This week is collection week for the shoeboxes. Tomorrow, I got, I got a call on Friday from a local church saying tomorrow they're bringing by their boxes because we're a collection space. They're bringing 1,500 boxes uh, tomorrow. We have to repack those into larger boxes, and then we'll send them off to Samaritan's Church. Kevin and Sandy Sturgis coordinate the, the, the collection effort, but they need some help tomorrow morning, uh, 9 o'clock into the, into the early afternoon. So if you've got some time tomorrow morning, stop by the uh, see Kevin and Sandy and just let them know that you can come by and help collect some, uh, help pack some boxes tomorrow. And uh, I know we'll have, we'll have more than 1,500. Also, secondly, during our stewardship time, we, I've called you to a fast months ago. And this is the last week of fasting together. Thursday this week is the, the end of our fast. God has been doing greater things in our midst because we have been fasting. But thank you if you've chosen to fast with us this, during this season. Keep going. We've got one more, one more week to do it. But then again, you know, I'm going to let you decide if, if you've already had your last day to fast or if this next Thursday is your last day to fast. I don't know. Somebody asked me the other day, when does it start? And finally, on your tables are these Thanksgiving basket uh, uh, announcements. Uh, so please take that home, and if you can participate in that, uh, please do so. And finally, we talk about giving giving of our resources, giving generously, practicing generosity. Giving of our financial resources is, is certainly and definitely an act of faith. All of us, to some degree, have limited resources. Those of us who, who have massive amounts of resources and we have all kinds of investments, we still have the problem of deciding how, God, do you want us to use that? And it doesn't matter how much we have. We ought to all be asking God, how much do you want me to give? And this next week or the week after, you're going to be getting a letter from me, uh, if I have your address, <laughs> asking you to consider giving uh, a, a certain amount on a regular basis to our church for our next year's ministries. So be looking for that letter in the mail. But today, if you have an offering that you want to give, there's an offering envelope uh, on the table or on your chair. You can place it in that and then afterwards place uh, that, along with your prayer cards and your connect cards, they all go into the baskets that are by the doors or in the back of the room. And uh, we have some scriptures. If you're online, you certainly can give online by cooking, clicking the link uh, for that. But let's, let's encourage one another by reading together one of these scriptures that teach us why it's important to be generous. So let's, let's read this together, if you would. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Is there more? That's it. That's a great verse. And it reminds us that when we give to God, God takes care of us. Let's pray together as, uh, as we uh, move, uh, continue in our worship to thank God and also to prepare our hearts to hear the message that He has for us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we indeed thank You for all that You have provided to us. 
You are a gracious and good God. And as Debbie has witnessed earlier, you are not a dictator. You you give us the freedom to choose what to do. You desire that we give, that we choose your ways in our life. You ask us, God, not to, uh, you don't force us to surrender to you. But Lord, you tell us that if we were to give ourselves fully and totally to you, you'll direct our paths. So God, I ask you to help us not be stubborn in our own ways. I ask you, Lord, in these next few moments as we open your word, that you would soften our hearts. That we would hear what you want us to hear. And that we could make a decision based on faith, trust in you. A willingness to see you do even greater things in our lives. Thank you, God, for listening to all of our prayers this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's the conclusion of, of their series on greater things. Next Sunday, we're going to focus on Thanksgiving. Kind of makes sense. Kind of is clear. But, uh, what, what, but we're going to have one of what I call uh, another one of the series that I've called It's a Cultural Thing. We have so many different cultures here in America. All of us give thanks in our own unique way. So next week, we're going to be focusing on culture from India. Many of our neighbors around our church are originally from the country of India. And, and, and we need to know our neighbors and learn something about our neighbors. So next week, uh, we're going to have a treat. We're going to have some samples of some uh, Indian foods. And so come and we'll just give thanks to God for the ways that God expresses is expressed, expresses himself in and through our culture because it's a cultural thing. And God loves all cultures. God created all cultures. God is present in all cultures. And uh, we want to give thanks to that. So I'm grateful for the family that's going to help us celebrate that as, as, we, as we move into our season of, of giving thanks for all things. So in this series of greater things, we've been looking, God, what does it mean when you have said to us, you will see and you will do greater things than these? What is what does that mean? What does it look like? So we've been looking at different scriptures that have talked about greater things. And uh, today uh, and I want to share with you as we've gone through this season of fasting uh, God has indeed been doing greater things. And some of you have shared some of those things with me. I've seen them even without other people telling me. God has done greater things in my life. And one of the greater things that God has taught me in this season is to wait for God's timing. 
We all have a schedule that, that we're on, right? All of us have to, you know, we, we, we get up according to the clock. We, the, the children have to be ready for school at a certain time. We have to get them, get them here, get them there, whatever. And, and even, a, even as a pastor, there's, there, there are all kinds of expectations that people have of me. And, and I was supposed to get some things done during this season of greater things. One of those things was sending you a letter asking you to make a commitment, <laughs> how much you will plan, or asking God to give you. And I didn't get that done. And I have fretted over that failed task. And then God showed me, just wait for my timing. You're still going to get the letter, like I said. <laughs> but I've got news that I put in that letter that I didn't know about until just yesterday. And now, because the elders of our church have made a significant decision about the ministry of our church, and I'll tell you about it next week. <laughs> a little tease there. Nah, 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 nah. You're going to have to wait. But it, I'll tell you about it also in the letter. But if I had pushed myself to do it according to my schedule, I never would have been able to put this piece of information in that letter. Now when you get that letter, you're really going to read it, aren't you? <laughs> and I hope that you will respond with faith, just as our elders have, have, have responded with faith, that this is a good idea and that God is increasing our ministry. God is doing greater things through the work of Christ the Cornerstone. And I never would have been able to tell you about it if I had done my own timing instead of waiting for God's timing. Thank you, God, for the delays that you put in my life. Thank you, God, for the interruptions that, that, that I experience every day that in my mind might set me back from the tasks that I had planned to do for the day, but your timing is so much greater than mine. Can, can you say that in your own life, that you give God thanks for the interruptions that you have in your life? Ooh, I hope you do. Because God is faithful to us when we choose to follow Jesus Christ in our lives. He shows us how to do this. Here's another greater thing that I got word of yesterday. Uh, Pastor Bill mentioned the men's breakfast. I did a stupid thing. <laughs> Doug, Matthew, get a muzzle for your father, would you please? <laughs> I invited a, a, a young man to come to the men's breakfast yesterday. And I forgot that it was also the same day when our council of our church council of elders uh, had a scheduled meeting yesterday morning. Our, our, our elders meet at 6.30 in the morning uh, twice a month. And we have at least two-hour meetings. The first half hour we spend reading Scripture and discussing it together. And then we get to the church business and then we pray together. That's basically our agenda. And so they're important meetings and we set them aside and we set the time aside. So I had this meeting that began at 730, but I forgot that when I was inspired to invite this young man to come. He was a father uh, to come to the men's breakfast and he accepted my invitation and my invitation was handwritten to him. I wrote it on a card during church and I handed it to him because I didn't want to talk to him during church. And, and it said, I would like you to be my guest at the men's breakfast next week. 
Now that says, and I fully intended to meet him at the door when he showed up so that he could be my guest. And I fully intended to in- introduce him to some other guys in the church. Because it's awkward to, be the, to go into a men's breakfast when you don't know anybody. And he accepted my invitation. Yay! I didn't get rejected this time. <laughs> oh, we all hate rejection. So I was planning to, to meet him here, and then I remembered later in the week that I had the elders' meeting at the same time as the men's breakfast. Oh, no, what am I going to do now? i got to call this guy and tell him. Oh, and then I forgot to call him and tell him. And then we had our elders' meeting at 6.30. The men's breakfast started at 7.30. And, and I realized in the middle of the elders' meeting that so-and-so was going to be upstairs looking for me at the door, and I still didn't tell him, and he's going to walk in, not know anybody, and nobody's expecting him to come. And I thought, Roger, you are such a heel. And by the time I remembered this, the men's breakfast had already started. So he theoretically would already have been here. So when our meeting got over at 9 o'clock, 9.30, I'm reminded by Gwen, I came to the men's breakfast. There are still men here. My guest had left already. So I texted him, I am such a heel. <laughs> Who invites somebody to breakfast and then doesn't show up himself? What a jerk. Ah. Oh. God help me. But thankfully, there were some other men there who saw him come in, and he brought a friend with him even. And I thought, oh, I'm a, I'm a worse heel than I thought. And uh, they introduced him. He had a great time. But the greater thing is this. In that conversation, that text conversation that we had, this young man said to me, he said, you know, Pastor, a few months ago when we first met, I told you I was not a very religious person. And he was very clear about that when I asked him about his faith. He said, I'm not a very religious person. But then he went on in the the text and said, thank you. Because the more I hear, more I come to church, the more I hear. I I, I used to think that I was just a blessed person and I had a have a great family. I didn't know why. Just because. But the the more I come to church, the more I hear the messages, the more I get involved, I realize it didn't just happen. It's God in my life. God has been there all this time, helping me, providing for me. And and what a wonderful thing it is to, to open that up. And I replied to him, what a great moment of awakening you have had as a man. Speak to the men for a minute. We all are spiritual beings. We cannot ignore, and we don't ignore our spiritual lives. If we think, well, I don't go to church, I don't need to do that, I don't, that's girly stuff, or, or that's not manly, or whatever, we're, we're fooling ourselves because you're already undermining your life because you're ignoring a significant part of what it means to be a man. What it means to be a man is to live in a relationship with God who created you. And who do you think you are that that you just exist and you're just here on your own to do what you want to do? Doesn't make any sense. 
So I was glad to get to, for this young man to realize that, wow, this is God in my life and has been God in my life. And now I'm feeding it. Now I'm nurturing it. What a wonderful thing. And then he said this, what a wonderful thing it is to know that I can invite others to experience God in their life, too. Are you kidding me? What a beautiful, what a beautiful affirmation he gave me. So if you're watching today, I apologize for telling your story to everybody. <laughs> and don't ever think that if you send me a text that it's going to get in the next sermon. Hmm, it won't happen. But I thank God that this young man trusted me with this story. And I just told everybody. But you don't know who it is. And I'm not to tell you who it is. Let's, let's take a moment and pray for this family and other families. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, our Father in Heaven, there is no Father like You. And I know that there are people in our world who hear the phrase, Heavenly Father, and, and they cringe. And I get that, God. Because we earthly men have done great damage to others. And even though you created us to live in your image, all of us have failed. But you still are the heavenly Father. And so it's wrong for us to, to picture you as if you are just like our earthly fathers. Because that's backwards. You are the Creator. You're the one who created us to be men. And I thank you that as we grow up in life, we mature. And we can come into a right, peaceful relationship with you. And I thank you for that. I pray for all dads, men, families, Jesus. Because this world needs us to be strong, healthy, and godly. And I ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to go to the Scripture this morning. I don't know, I've got 13 minutes left. Talking about greater things, God is already doing greater things. What we just experienced, what we experienced with Debbie, what we experienced in the worship... Was God doing greater things? Isn't that exciting? Isn't it exciting? <laughs> it is for me. I'm sitting down there. I can't wait to get up here and preach. And that's a strange thing for me to say. I never wanted to preach. Let's go to the book of First John in our Bibles. A little letter written by John in the New Testament. 1 John chapter 4, we're, remember we're looking to see what things are greater. What does Jesus mean when he said to us, you will see, you will do greater things than these? Because, why? He says, because I am going to my heavenly Father. And Jesus says, this is the promise that Jesus gives to us. If he goes to his heavenly Father, somebody's got to be here with us. And, and that somebody is going to equip us and enable us to do greater things than even Jesus did. Who is that? 
It is His Holy Spirit. And, and indeed, Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days, no, 50, four, four, wait, 40 days after Jesus resurrected, He ascended into heaven. Ten days after He ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit came upon His disciples. And the Holy Spirit is still here coming upon us. Thank you, God. And so it is through the Holy Spirit in our lives that we're able to do these greater things. And we cannot do these greater things without the presence of God in the Holy Spirit. So 1 John 4, 1-6 through 6 reads like this. It says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. There are spirits that are not of God. There are many false prophets in this world. And this is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. Here's the test. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges Jesus Christ came in a real body. Touch your body. (laughs) That's a real body. If Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. If you can say, I believe Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, And we say this, last week we said it when we took communion, I believe. Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, He died, was crucified, and raised from the dead. Anyone who claims, acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. We can't say that with belief without having the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. In other words, just like this young man that I described recognized as he looked back on his life, he recognized that all the things that he had thought were just happening to him, he now realized that it was already God at work in his life. Now, in our tradition, we call that, here's a big word, prevenient grace. <laughs> It's a big Latin word that means something that has come before. It's God's grace that has come into our lives before we're even able to recognize that God is there. That's why we baptize children in this church. It's because we, as parents, bring our children into the presence of God and we worship God and we say, Thank you, God, for already working in this child's life. You have given this child life to begin with. And the creator of life is the one who gives life. And so we we recognize that God is spiritually already working in this child's life. And we pray (laughs) that this child will grow up and one day acknowledge for himself or herself, you, I believe Jesus came in a real body. And then the parents make the promise, and the church makes the promise, this child is part of our family, and we will work to nurture this child in the faith so that one day they will make their own profession. So, so, so an infant baptism really is, is more about God's act of grace, prevenient grace in this child's life. If a person claims 
that Jesus came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God, for such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist. This word in the Greek literally means the opposite of the Messiah. And yes, just, just like spirits can can get into a person and, and embody a person, the Antichrist, the, 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 person, the, the person who denies Jesus is doing so as the one against Christ. Antichrist. Which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But, remember what I've said when we read Scripture, when we study Scripture and you get to the word but? Always pause and ask yourself, what two things are being contrasted in this sentence or in this paragraph? But you. So who is he talking about? He's talking about one side, the group of people who deny Christ, but you, on the other hand, you belong to God, my dear children. And look what he says in the next phrase. You have already won a victory over those people. I know the word, the phrase those people is difficult for us to hear. Sounds so derogatory. Let me, let me take out the word those people and put it into context. You have already won a victory over people who deny Jesus. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. When the Spirit of God is in you, the Spirit of the world cannot be. And if you have the Spirit of God in you, you have already won a victory over the Spirit of this world that cannot coexist with you in your body. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, Just as, I got that over on this page, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Evil is restless. Evil seeks to destroy. Evil brings chaos into our lives. Okay, there are times when our lives just get busy, but if God is present in your life, you can handle the busyness and you may say it's chaos, but you'll have a sense of peace and a sense of direction and a sense of order, even if everything around you is falling apart, if the Holy Spirit is in you. But evil only seeks to bring chaos to your life, and it messes you up. That when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes to the desert, and it seeks to find rest, but it has none. And then it says, ah, because I can't rest... Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Evil can't do that because evil rejects that God is God. Evil seeks to be its own God. So, because the evil can't rest, it's got to find somebody, some place to create chaos. So it returns to its former home seeing that now it's empty, it's swept, and it is in order. God is a God of peace and order. And when we are in Christ and Christ is in us, 
We have this peace. We have this order. There is a structure. There is discipline. In Timothy it says, For I have not given you a spirit of... Uh Uh-oh, help me, Pastor Vaughn. Fear and timidity. Thank you for helping me. (laughs) But of power, of love, and self-discipline. That's the Spirit of God that occupies the person who has faith in Jesus Christ. And seeing, seeing that the, the, in this person, the Spirit comes back and finds the former home empty, swept, and in order, then the Spirit goes out. Because He sees, wow, look at all the room that's in there. And the Spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than ever before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. Listen. You've already won. In Christ, you've already won a victory over those who deny Jesus because the Spirit now who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. We have this philosophy here in our culture and in many cultures. One way to describe it is the yin and the yang. And it's a, it's a, it's a picture, round picture, and, and it's got one side a, 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 a black shape and then another side a white shape, and they, they fit together. And the philosophy is that this is both good and evil, and they are equal forces in the world. And we just have to endure this this cycle of good and evil in our world and and endure and and wait and and we'll be okay somehow. That is not Christian teaching. That is not what the Bible teaches us. That is is not what this Scripture says. This Scripture says that good, God, is greater than evil. And Jesus Christ died on the cross... And in doing so, He went to death. He defeated death. We know that because He rose again. And He rose again just as He was born in a real body. He rose again in a real body. This is what we believe. This is what we proclaim. This is what we stand on. This is what brings order and peace to our lives. So, where are you today? Is there this order and peace? Maybe you need to come and kneel here at this platform. Maybe you need to get on your knees in your room, wherever you are, in your living room. Or maybe you're in your car. Turn the radio off after this program. And just keep your eyes open. (laughs) Make a prayer to God. Be careful, though, because praying can be distracted driving. I've never been arrested for praying while I'm driving, but might have come close a couple times. (laughs) Maybe you need to come to God and just simply say, God, I do believe in you, and I need to turn over to you the chaos in my life. I've forgotten who you are, God. I need that peace once again. Maybe you've never made that decision to trust in Jesus Christ, but you recognize that God has already been working in your life. And it's time for you to say, okay, Jesus, 
I have doubted you. I have questioned you. I still have many questions, but I'm going to trust you. I'll grab hold of you. Would you grab hold of me? And Jesus will reach out his arms and say, yes, yes, I will. So as the team comes back and we sing and we pray together, this is my invitation to you. Let's just take some time to pray and get ourselves right with God. The spirit that is in us is far greater than the spirit that is in this world. Let's pray together. I invite you to stand as we, as we sing and as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that comes to us. The peace that you give to us, the truth, the power, the love. God, fill all of our lives with your spirit that is not a spirit of fear and timidity. Debbie earlier described living life with the idea that your spirit is one of fear and timidity, a dictator. That's not who you are. And that's not what you give to us in your Holy Spirit. You give to us, you promise to us, you protect us, and you guide us with a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline, which also means a sound mind. We need you, Jesus. Come as we talk with you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We invite you to come and pray. Kneel here at the front. Prayer stations are open. Keeper of the day and the night. Owner of the sun in the sky. You
greater one living inside us, you enable us to do greater things. So, Lord, today help us to respond to your message. Lord, whether we need to make a decision right where we're standing or come to the altar and pray or go and pray with someone at a prayer station, God, we pray that you would move on us and in us. We were talking earlier about the moments that I spent here yesterday at the men's breakfast. And one of the other things that Louis said was too many times we walk into a worship service or we enter into the presence of God in some form or fashion and we walk out exactly the same way we came in. That's not how God wants it to be. And I have to confess that many, many times I've been in this building, I've been on this platform, and I've done what I had to do, and I left and went home, and I was no different than when I came in. But God wants us to be different when we walk out. So whether you have this mentality that God is just dictating what you want to do, like Debbie was talking about, or that you're not worthy, you are. He wants to do greater things in us and through us. We're going to continue to spend some time in worship up here. The front is still open. Folks are at the prayer stations. If you need someone to pray with you, God bless you. If you want a fellowship, we just ask that you maintain that environment of prayer in here and, and uh, fellowship out at the mall. If you're worshiping online with us, uh, our counselors and our prayer uh, team will still be around for several more minutes after the service ends. So uh, meet with someone and talk with someone before you leave today. God, we pray that you would go with us from this place. Send your spirit with us. 